Hello, and welcome to the Traffic and Leads Podcast, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. Online marketing expert, Lindsay Anderson, known internationally as One Click Lindsay, and her dedicated online marketing specialists at trafficandleads.com know that today's growing businesses thrive on targeted website traffic that converts into leads with just one click. Whether your business is struggling right now or your thriving business needs even more fuel for growth, you've come to the right place. So sit back and get ready to learn how to grow your business one click at a time. Please welcome your host of the Traffic and Leads podcast, One Click Lindsay. Hey everybody, welcome to the Traffic and Leads podcast. I am your host, One Click Lindsay. Today we have kind of an unconventional guest, but... She knows a ton about online marketing. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest. Her name is Diane Gardner, and her expertise lies in the area of tax planning. Now keep on, this is gonna be a super cool interview. Um, Her goal, Diane's goal, is to make sure successful entrepreneurs across the United States are paying the least amount of income tax they can legally pay. As a tax coach, she offers a free tax analysis for those interested in finding out if they are overpaying their income taxes. Her goal is to save taxes one business at a time through the use of proactive tax planning. Now, let me tell you, I said don't leave when I said tax planner because I don't know about you, but every time I talk to my my accountant, my eyes glaze over. However, when I talk to Diane, they don't because she's super interesting. She's different than every other accountant. And not only that, she knows a ton about online marketing that she's going to teach us because she has been doing online marketing since 2009. Welcome to the show, Diane. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. I'm so excited about being on your show today. Yes, ma'am. I hope I didn't offend you with the don't turn off the radio comment. Never. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know you're not an average accountant, right? I know I'm not. Yeah, I definitely am not your average accountant. So I have to so I have to warn people up front that this is gonna be the coolest interview ever. So why don't we just start there? Why are you not an average accountant, Diane? Probably. No, I'll back that up. Not probably because (laughs) what I was doing before wasn't working. I was the traditional accountant that they tell you if you just hang out your little shingle, they will come. Is that what they tell you in accounting school? (laughs) Yeah, they lie. (laughs) And in a good economy, that's all you have to do. But back in 2008, 2009, when we got the rug pulled out from under us, all of a sudden, everything that I had done before wasn't working. And I had to learn how to market. And accountants really, really, really do not know how to market. Um, It doesn't come natural. It doesn't come easy. Uh, It's just tough to become a good marketer as an accountant. So my bar was so low that pretty much any marketing I did was more than what any other accountants were doing. So I started out with my first website. I think it was in 2009. I was a little late coming to the game. So you literally, so uh, what year was your business started? Sorry to cut you off there. What? 20 years ago. Oh, and you were doing fine until 2009 when you're like, oh, uh, shoot. 2008. Yeah, wow. when clients started going out of business on me because they were construction <gasps> related. Yeah, I mean, I had a website, but in looking back at it now, I would laugh at it today if I saw you know, it again. Yeah, probably totally ineffective, okay. no call to action. Nothing. Okay. All it had was, here's a little bit about me, and that was it. Yeah, okay. I've learned so much since then. Uh, so then I really had to start changing my game. I had to learn how to market. I had to give people what they want, not what they need. Ooh. And so that became the platform for my marketing. And 
It has driven me to become an author. I started out as co-authoring my first two books because I really was afraid that accountant could not write a book. I now have eight books out there. Yikes. Yeah, I've done three or four more since last time I saw you. So we have a little group that will be hitting Amazon sometime later this year. They're in the editing process and formatting process right now. So we'll have a, in addition to all my tax books, we'll have one on customer service and one on practice management and then several on tax. Why so many books? Do you find that you're, tell me why, why so many books? Because they each speak to different parts of my business or businesses. So I have several that kind of are around the tax planning piece of my business. So I have three businesses. I have my traditional accounting firm, which is a debt business solutions. Then I have my tax planning business, which is tax pro solutions and the website tax coach for you. Then I have a practice management business where I am working on sharing the practice management stuff that I've learned in my own accounting practice with other accountants and other professionals. And that one is get off the wheel. So my customer service and practice management go along with that website. And most of the other books pretty well go along with the tax planning, but I've taken some of my books and I've niched them out. So one good example on my website is a book called 10 Most Expensive Mistakes That Cost You Thousands or Cost Business Owners Thousands. Well, I now have it that says that costs contractors thousands and that costs real estate professionals thousands. And before too long, we'll have one that says insurance agents thousands. And we're just niching these books out. So that when I get in front of a group like that to speak to them, they're like, wow, she's speaking our language. She, she's talking to us Love instead it. of just being general, trying to niche myself down so that I'm the one they think about when they need help in about five or six or eight different markets. You know, they've heard of me, they've seen me and they come to me. That's that's golden lead generation right there, right? You bet. In fact, um, the 10 most expensive mistakes for contractors that cost you thousands just arrived in my office this afternoon for an event we're doing tomorrow night in front of a builder's association. That's How many accountants so belong cool. to a builder's association? That's awesome. So when you say book, let me just clarify this for the audience, Diane. You literally mean book like, like go to amazon buy this book yes and not or like white paper just, yeah that's pretty awesome yeah. i'm doing better with paperback books than i am with my ebooks or my kindle versions and it's because i tend to give my books away as opposed to selling them i think i've sold maybe 12 or 15 but i've given away hundreds and the giving away has allowed me to get in front of people that I never could have gotten in front of before, but I can get their attention with my big business card, which is my book. Love it. And obviously, as a potential client or like this builder's association you go to and you hand them a book about 10 most expensive builder, builder blunders or whatnot, like obviously you're the pro with that. And here's a book. She's a published author. She obviously knows What's going on? She is. And it's pretty easy once you have a book, my generic book, and then to go through it and just change some sentences here and there to where it speaks to the particular niche that you're going after. Okay. So when you publish these books, tell me, like you don't order 500 books and you have 500 of each set of books sitting in your office, right? No, no, I don't. Um, if they're not on Amazon, then I just use 48-hour books as my printer. 
because tell me what that means. Tell me what that tell everybody okay, what that 48 hourbooks.com is a wonderful little website where you can go and you can order as few as I think it's like 25 books or something. I normally order at least 100 because then they give you an extra 25 for free. Hey, it's like 125 <laughs> or, or I'll order 200 and, you know, and get my 25, whatever. And so I, I'm usually ordering in groups of 100 or 200 because I'm going to an event that might only have 30 or 40 or 50 people at it. But I will put a book in every one of their hands. And it may not net me something today, but down the road, it's still sitting in their office. They didn't throw it away like they would. You can't throw away a book, right? Like you just can't. can't. No. And I have found people contacting me a couple years later that their friend gave them this book. And now the friend is the one that's calling me, not even the person that I gave it to. So I invest a big chunk of my marketing budget in passing out these books and now niching these books down to these various markets. Wow. I totally love that. Love it. This is gold, people. I told you not to turn off the radio. Um, Okay. So let's talk. So obviously book is a huge part of your lead generation strategy. What else are you doing online that's generating leads for your three awesome businesses? Well, the next thing would be my podcast interviews, just like you and I are doing today. Because that gets me in front of people that I would never have been able to get in front of before. They don't know me. They don't like me. They don't trust me. But because they know and like and trust you, Lindsay, by the fact that you have me on your show, now some of that rubs off on me. And so it's been a very strategic thing to make sure I get interviewed several times a month, 12 months out of the year. And I've got quite a nice little group of podcast interviews sitting out on my website. We promote them on social media. People tell me from time to time, I'll get a a request from somebody or an email or a Facebook request or whatever. Hey, I, I heard you on such and such a show. And it makes it so much easier to close that sale because they're already predisposed. They've already heard me. They've loved the information I've shared and they're interested and I don't have to sell them on the idea of tax planning. They're already saying, hey, where do I sign up? So those are your best leads, no doubt, right? Those are my two best, yeah. Okay, so speaking of, Diane, here it is January, say, 25th or something. It's around the end of January. I thought all accountants were supposed to be locked in their office and we were supposed to be sliding pizza under the door. Why are you talking to me right now? Because I know, Lindsay, that just because I'm at my busiest time of year, I cannot stop marketing. Because if I stop marketing, it's easy for people to start forgetting about me. And so I've got to constantly be marketing 12 months out of the year. And I do get interviewed several times a month, even during tax season. And I just have to schedule that into my day, schedule it into my week so that it happens. Because the payback is big enough on the other end with the new people that I meet and the new contacts that I get and the new people I get into my funnel, even if nothing happens on them for a while. I've got people that have been sitting in my funnel for a couple of years and I check in with them periodically. Hey, are you getting tired of overpaying your taxes yet? Let's talk. Mm -hmm. And eventually they'll say yes. And eventually they're going to send me those last two years tax returns. And I'll be able to sit down and do that free analysis for them that I had had, offered up front. They just hadn't taken me up on it yet. And eventually I'll be able to see if I can save them some money. And I'm a very patient person. So... (laughs) You have to be. (laughs) 
Well, and that's all things online marketing. I mean, you, just to kind of re, even reword again what you said, like this, the the st- stuff you are planting today, the seeds you are sowing today, in all and most things online marketing will not have a payoff for you know three, six, nine months. So that's why you got to continually be planting because in August when Diane has no tax clients because she's supposed to be on the beach somewhere because her tax is done. She's going to be getting new clients in because she sowed some seeds in April. You bet. Yep. And in January and in February and in March. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. So what other online marketing lessons have you learned since you dove in back in 2008? Hire what you're not good at. Um, And I will confess, I have a virtual assistant who helps me because I am really not techie and I'm not good at the whole social media part of it. But because she is, I shine out there on social media and she makes me look great. And what accountant is even on social media, right? Like you're like the only one and it's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Like I said, the bar is pretty low in the accounting field. (laughs) So, but it's the importance of delegating and being willing to hire. If you don't understand how to do something and you don't do it well, hire somebody to do it for you. There's all kinds of people who that is their gifting. That's what they should be doing and let you do the part that you feel comfortable doing. Very nice. Um, Do you do any email marketing, Diane? We've done some. We are getting ready to target a, um, some pretty nice lists that we've been gathering and putting together that, you and I will hopefully be working on after tax Ooh. season for some email marketing. <laughs> Where did these lists come from? Can you People tell us? People who have opted into my various th- uh, my three different websites, they've opted in for their copy of a free book, or I've met them at a seminar and we do a little giveaway promotion if they'll hop out to my website and opt in for their free copy of the book, and then we give it to them at the seminar. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Like that to start building the list. Um, and you've been list building since 2008 or 2009? No, I didn't know about list building until a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> hey, I'm an accountant. I'm kind of clueless on this stuff. <laughs> so ever since then, I've been a little more intentional about getting people to opt in. I didn't have a good call to action on my previous websites, plural. Um, I have better calls to action on the, on the current ones just because certain people have um, kind of drummed into my head the importance of that. And I listen. So, yeah, I'd love to give away free books for in exchange for information. So is that your that is that your most popular opt in right now is or is that like your only opt in or do you have other opt ins outside of free books? That you've tried. I have some special reports and occasionally people opt in for those, but usually they're opting in for the book. They love the book and you will just mail that to them and it's definitely worth it. Right. And and by and with me mailing it to them instead of giving them a PDF copy of it, I now have their mailing information oh. as well as their email. Look at that. Look at that. That's awesome. Um, have you ever done any like search engine optimization, Facebook ads, anything like that? Not yet. Wow. So, but you, your business, I mean, it's fair to say you're super successful. Your business is humming along and look, it's all pretty much, let me paraphrase, is because you're doing the books and you're doing the podcasts and you are obviously doing some list building. Yes. Which anyone can do. You don't even need to be super technical to do anything like that. That's why I can do those pieces because I'm not super technical. (laughs) And it would totally work. For like any industry. Okay, again, this is why I'm having Diane on because if Diane can do it as an accountant, like any other industry can do it. 
And it works. You bet. Yep. You do have to have a sparkling personality like Diane, though. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk. Now, you know, I have you for another 10 minutes or so. I do want to talk a little bit about taxes because we do have small business owners on here. And I do want to ask you some questions about you. So, what is it? What's the difference between a tax coach and an accountant? Oh, I love that question. I, the biggest difference is proactive versus reactive. Your typical accountant is reactive. You bring them information and they file forms for you. They, you know, take care of your sales tax return. They process whatever has to be done that way. File your income tax, whatever it is. They're reacting to whatever it is you brought them. A tax coach, a certified tax coach, is we're proactive. I'm, I am following you around, Lindsay, and waiting for you to send me those last two years of tax returns. And once I get that, then I'm going to be going through and doing an analysis on it and reaching out to you for a Skype call or a phone call. And we're going to be looking at what were some of the things that I saw on your tax returns. Then, depending on the tax savings I was able to see from your tax returns, if there's enough there and we've got some interest, then we'll take the next step up and we'll look at putting together a whole tax plan. And I'm going to ask you a few more questions to get some more information so I get a better idea what's going on in your business and personal life. And from there, lay out a whole plan that's going to cover you for the next three to five years of guaranteed savings that are going to happen year after year after year. And you didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to run out and buy a new piece of equipment. You didn't have to, you know, go spend a bunch of money to make it happen because most of it is stuff you're already doing. We're just moving it from some place that's an after-tax deduction to a pre-tax deduction. All right. I'm, and, and, when, and when Diane says, I'm waiting for your two years, she's being super honest because I always... I'm not in charge of the accounting in my business, but I just need to like crack some whips and get you those because why not? First of all, it's free. Second of all, she's going to save me more money than her fee is, right? So like, why not? You bet. Would you say 90% of the time when you do this analysis, maybe it's a higher percentage, you already kind of know how the other, the traditional accountant is doing it and like you're going to be fairly confident. There's like some generic things that you're going to change, like that you already know? Yes and no. I, I have to be careful and not just make that assumption. Yeah. Because sometimes that's a very bad assumption on my part. Yeah. So I try to look at each set of tax returns with a fresh set of eyes. But there are some basic things. I have a little checklist that I am looking at when I'm looking at your tax return. Do they have this? Do they have that? Is this missing? What are they doing here? How are they doing this? And if I don't find what I'm looking for, then as we have the conversation, hey, Lindsay, I think that you're missing out on some really great tax you know, savings. And I think that you know, if we could do a tax plan, I could save you maybe $5,000 in tax each and every year. And over three years, that's $15,000 in tax. Are you interested in taking another look at this? And of course, you're going to say, of course. (laughs) Yeah. So can you give us like, like two things that are generally missed just for fun? I'll say my number one, the biggest, the biggest um, tax uh, boo-boo that people make is the one that costs them the most money is having the wrong business entity type. Really? Yes. If you're in the wrong entity type or if you've outgrown your entity type, you could potentially be spending thousands of dollars every year in unnecessary self-employment tax that you wouldn't necessarily have to spend. And that's probably my number one. 
The number two biggest thing that I see is just a total lack of planning. They don't realize they plan their way to a lower tax liability. Very nice. And it's so exciting when I can find tax savings for somebody that's several thousand dollars a year. And now now your thing is, if you want to know three and beyond, you have to opt into my list and I'll tell you. Where eventually, where eventually I will actually <laughs> request your two years. That's right. And when they go to my website, they can get their free copy of my 10 <laughs> Most Expensive Mistakes book. There we go. Um, okay, that's cool. So I noted um, on your, uh, I'm just going to tell everybody, you, you sent me a one sheet of your favorite questions to be asked. One question actually really stuck out to me. So I hope you're ready. You say, Five simple steps to um, businesses, growth, and success. Can you give us your top two or three? Marketing. Okay. Making oh. sure that you are not your best kept secret. I will say I was Northern Idaho's best kept secret for the first 15 years of being in business. Bad mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so learn how to market and, and, and identify your target market. If you can niche down, I was too general. I was kind of anybody and any, everybody who had a pulse, I was taking them as a client. Not anymore. Nice. So those would be a couple of big ones. And then know the lifetime value of your client or your customer or your patient so that as you're making decisions, you know what that, that, that customer is worth to you. And then just really make them feel important, make them feel appreciated. Those are really good, good Yeah, good that tips. goes a long ways towards retaining them as your customer, your client for many, many years. Very nice. Okay, well, let's, I want to finish up the interview, Diane, with, um, I see you all over social media. I want your take on so uh, your favorite social media channels. I want to know, do you do video and are you going to be hosting your own podcast? Those are three very separate questions and I can remind you, but that's where I'm going. Okay. I I am all over social media. I'm going to have to say my favorite channel is Facebook only because I feel more comfortable there. I am not very comfortable on Twitter, though I'm on Twitter all the time. And I'm not real comfortable in LinkedIn because I don't know enough about how to use it really for my business. But I need to learn that. You know, so I kind of Facebook is only because it's the easiest of the three that I think learn how to use. Do you post on LinkedIn? We do. We post my blog every week. And you accept connections and stuff like that, right? You bet. Uh-huh. Okay, nice. Yeah. And have you gotten any leads from LinkedIn just doing that kind of like you were doing it passively just like a that? Very few. Uh-huh. And, and you- that's where I'd like to turn LinkedIn into something that's working for me instead of me just every once in a while. It's like, oh, let's go see what's going on in LinkedIn. Yeah, definitely. So do you feel like social media overall has brought you more clients or have you seen your opt-in? Do you, do you know your opt-ins have increased because of it? What are, you, what, what, what are your results of, of social? I'll tell you that probably out of the last 10 clients I've gotten, nine of them have come from an internet search. Oh, so, and you haven't done any SEO. That's impressive. No. <laughs> so that tells me that my social media in 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 encompassing all of it is working. I can't tell you which part is working better than others, Uh but I know that when people are Googling, I'm coming up and it's because of that weekly blog. It's because of my tax tip Tuesday. It's because of the stuff on social media. It's because it's because it's because it's true. It's true. What what you say is true. Um, Are those, those are not local. Like you can service anyone in 
in the United States? I am nationwide. You bet. Yeah, I go from coast to coast. And are those customers that have found you on the internet, are those nationwide or are they mostly to your local area? They're mostly nationwide. Dang. You must be coming up for some cool terms. We need to get together and figure out what those (laughs) are. Yes, we do because I don't have a clue. (laughs) I need to, we need to figure that out because that's impressive. I I need your help. (laughs) (laughs) Enough about me. Anyway, (laughs) um, what about podcasts? Are you going to start your own podcast? I have been asked that question numerous times lately at this point in time, I don't have any plans to start my own podcast. I'm enjoying being interviewed on everybody else's podcasts. Mm-hmm. But if I, was, if I was to start my own podcast, it would probably be in the practice management area because I can't see people signing up to listen to a tax-related podcast on Ooh. a regular basis. Yeah. I see. I would rather just like throw it over the fence and have you deal with it. Yeah. But in the practice management world, I can get into all kinds of other things that have to do with running your business successfully. So that's what's kept me from having my own podcast um, I just can't see I'd have much in the way of listenership if I was talking taxes every week. Yeah. My final question for you is, have you always been an entrepreneur? I mean, you obviously have 700 things going. You have tons of irons in the fire. Have you always been this way? No. Ooh. I, I started out in business like many of us do, creating myself a job. And then when, when things got tough... The tough got going, I guess is what you would say. Yeah, that's and what they the, say. the entrepreneurial spirit really started rising because it was a matter of, of self-preservation. I had to come up with something different to do. Um, I was recently divorced, uh, raising my daughter by myself. It was crashing down around me because of that recession we went through. And I had to get totally creative and, you know, put on the entrepreneurial side of the hat instead of the accountant side of the hat. And started going to work with figuring out how am I going to make this work and I need to make it work now. Wow. That's awesome. And you did it all in the worst economy ever. Yes. And you just like, like, I'm sure there's days you went and were like, this is never going to work, but you just held on and kept going, right? Or or was it always working? Oh, no, 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 no. There was times that I would look back and go, I just spent how much money and I have got zero back from it. But they keep, they say it will work. They, in quotes, say it will work. (laughs) So you just kept putting one foot in front of the other and just kept doing it until now um, the phone rings constantly. I get stuff coming through my email constantly. So it does work. It's just, in my case, it's taken a few years for it to really start paying off. A true, uh, it's a true, it's a great story. I love it. A true inspiration there. All right, Diane, I've wasted enough of you, not wasted. I've taken enough of your time and I know those numbers are yelling at you. So one more time for everybody, tell us where to find you, what your awesome opt-ins are and what you can do for everybody. So the best place, Lindsay, would go to www.taxcoachforyou.com and that's with the number four. And out there, there's some great special reports. You can get a free copy of my 10 Most Expensive Mistakes book. And in there, we give the top 10 areas that people are generally overpaying in their taxes. And there's videos out there. There's podcast interviews. And I have done some videos. I didn't finish answering that part of the question for you. Oh, yeah. It's not my strength. And it's something I really don't care to do, but I will do it. And I need to get back out there and do some more of them. I'm terribly uncomfortable in front of a camera. Fair enough. That's fair. Obviously, what you're doing is working. So no undue stress. So everybody go out and get your opt-ins from Diane, a free book. 
She'll convince you to get the two year, the free tax plan. It's totally worth it. In fact, right after I get off this call, I'm going to go talk to my CFO and get her over my two years. So, well, thank you again for being on the show, Diane. Thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yes, ma'am. Well, there you have it, folks. There was another killer episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. Thanks, Diane, for joining me today. Until next time, I'm One Click Lindsay from trafficandleads.com, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. You've been listening to the Traffic and Leads podcast, featuring online marketing expert One Click Lindsay. Tune in each week to experience Lindsay's unique gift for helping entrepreneurs and small business owners accelerate the growth of their business by strategically getting them more traffic and powerful leads. To make sure you don't miss a single business building show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and OneClickLindsay.com. If you know someone who would benefit from more traffic and leads, please tell them about the Traffic and Leads podcast. And finally, to learn more about working with Lindsay and her dedicated team of marketing experts, please visit OneClickLindsay.com. Now go and implement what you've learned. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. And remember, the solution to your slow growth is just one click away.